On this week's Kulhani on Politics, sound money, the UK Chancellor's autumn statement and what it means for Scotland. We're going to get £1.5 billion with specific direction to health and to education. And I think uh, these are very much the priorities of people in Scotland. And funny money. The SNP are confused over the costs of a national care service and where the money will come from. So this isn't like 1.5 million billion of money that's just coming from somewhere else. It's already part of the, 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 the care delivery that's already happening on the ground. That's my understanding anyway, I, I suppose. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dr. Sandesh Gulhani. Last Thursday, UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt unveiled his autumn economic statement in the House of Commons. There's clearly going to be some pain ahead as we battle with the global headwinds from Russia's war in Ukraine, which have sent energy and food prices soaring. With Britain now in recession, Mr Hunt revealed tens of billions of pounds worth of tax rises and spending cuts aimed at mending the nation's finances. Though... Vital spending on education and health will actually increase. Some of the tax and spending changes, however, will not apply in Scotland, as income tax, health, education, transport and more are devolved to the Scottish Government, which will present its own plans on December the 15th. That said, the Chancellor has some good news for the Scottish Government. It will receive an extra £1.5 over two years from 2023. To make sense of the autumn statement and what it really means for Scotland, I spoke with Liz Smith, Scottish Conservative Shadow Cabinet Secretary for Finance and the Economy. Well, I have to say that you know the budget was difficult. We knew it was going to be. Uh, what I liked very much uh, from Jeremy Hunt yesterday was the fact that he was being very honest about the problems that we face. Um, his first uh, attention is obviously to get inflation down, and I think that's absolutely right, and I thought it was quite interesting after he sat down yesterday that the markets were relatively calm, which they certainly hadn't been uh, after the mini-budget back in September. And from a Scottish perspective, I think there was you know, cautious welcome for uh, the budget from quite a lot of businesses in Scotland, and um, you know, from people who are perhaps at lower income levels and needing the most amount of support in Scotland, they will be helped as much as their uh, counterparts in, in England and the rest of the UK. So I think that was encouraging, but be in no doubt that, you know, just like for the rest of the UK, uh, Scottish people face a very difficult time, um, particularly over what will be a tough winter. Um, but the other thing I liked very much about the budget um, was the fact that we're going to get £1.5 billion with specific direction to health and to education. And I think uh, these are very much the priorities of people in Scotland. Uh, so that is um, pleasing to hear that you know it's not going to solve all the problems, obviously, but I think that money uh, is greatly needed. And uh, you as a GP know more about that than perhaps I do, but that frontline help is definitely required. Absolutely, money money in the NHS is is always welcome, um, but I think I think we need to be a bit clear. There there's a lot of money at the moment. It's the largest block grant settlement. Of all there time. was the largest block grant settlement uh, in the history of devolution. Actually, obviously uh, inflation is at play there, so some of that has been eroded a little bit. But you know when the SNP come forward and say that not a penny extra has been given uh, to Scotland, uh, that's just not true. 
Um, if you look back at what happened in furlough or what happened over vaccines, what happened over uh, all the very extensive uh, support that's been given to energy bills, um, you know, there's been an awful lot of extra money that's been given by the UK to Scotland, rightly so, um, because Scotland's a very strong part of the United Kingdom. I think that's right that that money is shared around. Um, and we shouldn't forget that the one part of the mini-budget, the most expensive part, was £60 million that was being delivered uh, to help with energy bills. Um, and that's absolutely uh, crucial um, and something that actually the other political parties were very supportive of. So I think we need to um, you know, ensure that that's a message that gets out there loud and clear. So, so, so the support with the energy bills, £60 billion, as 60 you say. Billion, yep. What... What's the position right now on the support for energy bills? Well, the, the, the support that was announced uh, previously will continue to April 2023, and that's for everybody. And, you know, we're all recipients of that extra support just now. Uh, thereafter, there will be more targeted support for people on lower incomes and people who are on benefits, uh, rightly so in my opinion. I think that's very important that we support uh, those who are, are more vulnerable in society as much as we can. Um, it wasn't going to be possible, much as we would like to, to continue that support over a very long period of time because it's so expensive. And, um, you know, it, I think we should never forget that what we've been facing in this country, just like many other countries, is, you know, two huge exogenous shocks, COVID on one hand, and secondly, the energy supply issues, um, because that's put gas bills and electricity bills up right across uh, the world. And um, we've had to pay for that. So I think that there's an understanding that it may be painful. It is painful. Um, but, you know, we can't um, continue to uh, fund the most important things unless we are able to pay for it. So a bit of balance and actually paying for your services is important. But... In this particular budget, what support is there for those who are claiming benefits and what about for pensioners? Yes, well, the, the good news about uh, pensions and benefits um, is that that's going to be uprated uh, in line with inflation. We've got the pensions triple lock and we've also got um, the, the benefit system will be uprated. And I think that's very good news because at one stage there was a bit of a debate about whether that was going to happen or not. And I know a lot of Conservative, uh, not just MSPs in Scotland, but uh, colleagues down south were really pushing the, the, the government very strongly to ensure that that did happen. It has happened, and I think that's a, a very powerful message. And that's obviously gone down pretty well um, with people. Um, but, you know, there are going to be big decisions that have to be made ahead of the Scottish budget on the 15th of December. There are, but this is important. They've got to start making decisions because what's, what I keep hearing is they're either victors or victims. And right now they're playing the victim card, but they, they are sharing in the money that Jeremy Hunt is giving. But they also need to start making some decisions. Absolutely. And I think it's, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you, you can't continue being... Uh, a victor or a victim, uh, that's not helpful. Uh, you, I think what most people want to see uh, right across the UK are governments working together. And that you're, you're, you're spot on when you say the Scottish government's got to take uh, decisions because it can't blame everything uh, on the Westminster government. As I have to say, I think there was an attempt to do um, over the course of the last 36 hours um, that it's all the UK government's fault. It's not. Uh, not by any stretch of imagination is it all uh, the government's fault. Yes, there were mistakes, and 
both the Prime Minister and the Chancellor have apologised for these. But there are much bigger issues at play too, and I think this comes down to the priorities of the SNP government as well, um, because I think th that I read the situation that I think a lot of people feel that the priorities aren't the right ones. Um, let me give you a couple of examples. Firstly, on the uh, National Care Service that the SNP want to introduce, that potentially would cost somewhere between 1.3 billion, 1.5 billion. It's an awful lot of money. It's a huge structural change. Um, and I can't find stakeholders who think that this is a good idea and certainly not the right time to be making massive uh, structural changes um, on such a key service area. Um, and, you know, if I felt that people in local government, people in the health services, people in social care, people who are advising charities, etc., if I felt that they thought that this was a good idea, then it would have to be, you know, looked at very closely. But that's not the message that's coming across to three parliamentary committees just now. And therefore, you know, for me, I think that's a wrong choice of the SNP government just now. Um, we've obviously seen money being spent on the constitutional budget that's gone up when others are being cut. Um, we've got £20 million being set aside for a, a referendum that's probably not going to take place. You know, there's, there's a huge lot of things that I think are the, the wrong focus. And on top of that, we've had a lot of waste from the Scottish Government, whether that's been on the horrendous ferry situation, on the malicious prosecution of uh, Rangers administrators. Um, you know, the list goes on, whether it's Prestwick Airport, Bifab. There's a huge amount of money there um, that... You know, quite frankly, it's been wasted um, and taxpayers want to know, quite rightly, that their money is being better spent. So just concentrating on the National Care Service, so the Nationalists keep saying uh, in, in the Health Committee, but do you agree with the principles of the bill? To which a lot of people are saying, well, the principles are, are quite good, but this isn't going to deliver the principles. And the other thing is, I directly asked the unions, do they trust the government to deliver the mm. principles and look after the workers? And they said no. Yeah, I think you've raised a very important point. Um, because, you know, if you if you look at the, the principles behind what they would like to achieve, I think most of us could probably sign up to quite a few of them, namely that the, the current system uh, of health and social care isn't working well enough, and you'll know that better than me. Um, but I think... As I understand it, and I've been on the Finance Committee for quite some time now, and I, I see it from the financial angle, um, and I just don't believe that the structure that they're wanting to put in place, which is a massive reorganisation, huge re reorganisation, which effectively is not costed. You know, Audit Scotland have come out with a whole lot of things that have not been properly costed in this, including some really big issues like VAT and pensions and a whole lot of things. And therefore, the stakeholders who've come to our committee, and I think they've been at your committee um, and I think they've been at the local government committee, they've all been saying, look, yes, we need to make some changes, but this is not the way to do it. Um, and I personally think that the focus should be on staffing because I think that's what people in social care and health want. Um, but as yet, um, I don't think the government has understood the concern that is out there about just what this would mean. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the, the VAT. And I, I would have thought that the government would have learned from Police Scotland when it came to VAT, but clearly they are not learning lessons. Yeah, I mean, I, I've sat in the Parliament for uh, 16 and a half years now, and I've never seen 
as weak a financial memorandum to a bill as we've got just now. You know, there were problems at the time of uh, college regionalisation, there were problems at the time of the Children and Young People's Bill, there were problems about Creative Scotland Bill, um, and you're right about the police force and things. I mean, we're talking about a really, really big change that's on the scale of some of the things I've just mentioned, and yet it's not costed at all, and not even within a broad spectrum of what some of the costs might be. Because a good financial memorandum, you can never come up with the exact cost. That's just would never happen. But you should have good quality estimates. And if, if there's some doubt about how much it's going to be, you usually have a, a lower limit and a higher limit. And that that's good practice with Audit Scotland and the way that they want to see public finances uh, develop. Um, but this, this financial memorandum is really weak. And I think the Finance Committee will be making quite a strong comment about that. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing's a mess. I think we can we can all agree on that. Um, and just finally, so I want to go back to to the budget. We saw that the previous incumbents had clearly made an error. Yep. But am I right in saying that this budget and Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak have the trust of the market, and we are looking at it, getting inflation under control yes. again? I mean, let's go back to the mini budget because there were two principles behind that, of which I certainly approved. The first was that I think it was absolutely right to put the £60 billion of an energy package in uh, to help businesses and households with their costs. That was well received by uh, the Scottish um, government. It was well received by the political parties. It was well received by business. Uh, Nobody thought that was a bad part of the mini-budget. The other part, um, which makes me a Conservative, is I very much identify with policies that are trying to develop uh, high growth and a lower tax agenda. What was wrong with that budget was that it wasn't costed and it didn't come out at the same time as the OBR projection. So, you know, naturally that spooked the markets because they said, hang on a minute, you know, yes, it's very nice to have all these policies, but if you don't tell us how you're going to implement them, that's not going to work. And we saw what happened. It was a disaster year because the, the markets just lost all confidence. And I have to say, uh, Britain uh, lost a bit of its you know, um, well-known um, reputation for economic competence at that time. What I think has happened with uh, Rishi Sunak and Jeremy Hunt is that they are very much uh, more on the very honest and straightforward and, um, I think very plain speaking when it comes to persuading the public that, look, these circumstances are very difficult. They were exacerbated by mistakes in the UK government. But let's be honest, there are really big problems out there globally. We've got to have a proper plan that is based on sound money, that is based on fiscal responsibility, and that is based on being, uh, you know, absolutely honest with the British public about what we have to do because I think you know the bottom line here is that we've got a huge amount of money that we have to pay back uh, in light of COVID and in light of um, what's happened in Ukraine. That is really big money, and I think deep down the British public understand that this is not going to be easy. Um, but you know it, there are no two ways about it. It's a very difficult situation. But I think I do. I'm, I'm much more confident with Rishi Sunak and Jeremy Hunt in charge. In recent weeks, we've spoken a lot about the Scottish Government's planned National Care Service, and quite rightly too. 
The proposed NCS would be the biggest shake-up in public services since the founding of the UK's National Health Service in 1948. The SNP wants to centralise social care, taking decision-making away from local authorities. And with the support of the seven Scottish Green MSPs, it has a majority in the Scottish Parliament, which means it can drive through legislation. This also includes legislation like the National Care Service that is so light in detail that no one really knows how it's supposed to function or even how much it will cost. There is no new money for frontline services, but there could be a £1.3 billion bill to set up a bureaucracy. So let's be clear. When the SNP-led government says there's no more money for doctors, nurses, paramedics or teachers, what they don't say is that there is money but they choose to spend it elsewhere. And even within SNP's own ranks, they're tying themselves up in knots, trying to square the circle and defend where the money will come from. This is SNP's Emma Harper, MSP for South Scotland, asking a question in the Health Committee to a panel of expert witnesses. This question is to Ros Foyer, General Secretary of the Scottish Trades Union Congress. Thanks very much. Um, I, I suppose... Um... My understanding about the financial issue is that the, the costs that have been projected for the bill are estimates that are already being used for health and social care. So this isn't like 1.5 million billion of money that's just coming from somewhere else. It's already part of the the the, the, the care delivery that's already happening on the ground. That's my understanding. Anyway, I, I suppose um, on the financial part of the issue, that's not my understanding. But if what you're saying is right, then that gives me even more cause for concern that that is completely and utterly unrealistic to expect that it would be done from effectively within existing budget. Emma Harper, giving cause for concern and unable to clearly articulate how the National Care Service would be funded. Audit Scotland is deeply concerned about the SNP's plan for a national care service. The auditors not only query the cost assumptions, whether a billion pounds plus will be enough to create a bureaucracy, but they also question whether the plan as it stands will meet the SNP's objectives. It is frankly too light in detail. The SNP wants everyone to trust that they'll get the details right later on. But for Tracy Dowling, the Scottish Secretary of the Unison Union, trust has to be earned. Sandesh, you have some questions? Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> thank you, convener. We're hearing that the cost to set up the NCS could be up to 1.5 billion. Do you think this expensive restructuring is the best way to improve social care delivery? And Tracy, if I could start with you. No. And I think you've heard from us as to why. Um, I mean, the Conservative estimate is half a million. Um, we've actually, half a million, half a billion, um, we've actually no idea what the actual cost will be, but we understand fully that these things are never quite as they first appear. Um, often costs will escalate and it is entirely the wrong time to be spending upwards to £1.5 billion putting in structural change when we are facing the most inordinate pressures on our everyday NHS services and on our social care services. So, uh, just the answer is no. Yeah. So, when you say conservative, it's not the conservative parties. Not with parties. a small C. Um, and so, uh, and, and, and Tracy, can I just stay with you? Because 
what, and I, I want you to be clear, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but what I'm hearing, and this is why my, what my question is, do you trust that all the things on this bill are going to be delivered at this cost, and do you believe that staff will be looked after? No. Could you explain why? I think trust takes some time to develop. Um, I don't think it's an inherent lack of trust in the Scottish Government. You've heard me describe some good examples of that in the past. Um, but no, I, I, it's back to this, uh, I suppose, discussion about buying something off plan. I, I need some more guarantees. I need some more detail. I would not be spending that amount of money. I'd rarely spend a huge amount of money on anything without being clear about what I was getting for my money and where the value would be. And there's insufficient details on so many fronts in here. Tracy went on to say that there is really nothing that fills me with confidence at this stage. And this sums up what so many stakeholders are saying about not just the National Care Service, but the SNP's track record in government. From health service to ferries, from justice to education, confidence is in short supply. And before we produce this edition, the BBC reported on leaked documents that reveal Scotland's health boards have been discussing options for charging wealthier patients for treatment and pausing the funding of some new drugs. The SNP stresses it will not start charging people for healthcare, even though it had given senior managers the green light to discuss all options. What is telling in the BBC's report is talk of a disconnect between clinicians, senior managers and the SNP government. The health boards are worried about a lack of clinical input into decision making. That suggestions from the government are divorced from the realities of life and purpose of service. The spotlight is never away from Health Secretary Humza Yusuf. He is not across his brief, lacks leadership and is more comfortable in his bunker surrounded by his spin doctors than on the front line listening to real doctors and nurses. That's all from me and this week's Gulhani on Politics, our eclectic taste on Scottish politics. Remember to subscribe and tune in each week. Until the next episode, I'm Dr Sandish Gulhani. Bye for now.